This is Calvin, and you're listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine. You have access to Do You Know Show, and you're bringing you bits of knowledge and information you might not have heard from people you might not know. One thing I must let you know, though, is that the views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this show and others, please log on to KUCI.org. Okay. I'm real, real excited about this show. I mean, super excited. <laughs> and so you guys can get an idea, and my guests can get an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Um, I'm going to read to you the today's show description. And what it says is that the Do You Know show gets up close and personal with Joseph Lewis III, Dean of the Claire Trevor School of the Arts right here at the University of California in Irvine. Tune in this Wednesday, March 19, 2004 at 5 o'clock p.m., and you'll hear some things you might not have heard from someone you just might know. <laughs> and, that is, and that is our dean here at, at, at UCI. Um, what, what, what do I call you, sir? Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Joe, it's something, something that I, that I want to share with you, man, and, 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 and that is the reason that I am so excited about you being on this show. Now, I go back uh, quite a ways, and back in the day when I was coming up, there was a word that described uh, a certain type of guy, and that word was moxie. We say, that guy got moxie. And, and today... They, they got something close that's called swag. Because <laughs> Joe got swag as well, y'all. But Joe got moxie. And, and, and so I decided I was going to look moxie up in the dictionary because some cultures might describe it differently. And what I came up with was the ability to face difficulty with spirit and courage. And that's definitely you. But the thing that we, that we saw in a person with moxie was that they were always well-dressed, they carried themselves very well, and like this speaks of, you know, we're ready for anything. But the most important aspect was that we felt that this particular type of guy could fit in anywhere. Now, you could go downtown with him to a steak dinner, you know, with, with, with all, the, all the trimmings and all the, all the flavor of Chicago downtown area, but you could also go to, into the projects with him and you could feel protected. <laughs> and, I, and I look at you and I feel that way about you, man. If I, if I ever get in any trouble, me and you together, I know we're going to get out. <laughs> get out. So, and that's, what I, that's why I'm so excited because so, even, so even with your, your position. Research. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so uh, I want you to, you know, kind of let's start at the beginning. Uh, how you um, I mean, what, what happened where you were born, where you grew up at? Well, maybe we can figure out where you got this moxie from. So let's let's start there. Well, thank you, Calvin, for asking me to come on the show. <laughs> I won't have to look over my shoulder at least for the next hour. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I was born in uh, New York City, in Manhattan, midtown Manhattan in the 50s and grew up in a diverse neighborhood. Okay. The, the block of 52nd Street between 9th and 10th Avenue, the diverse neighborhood of that block. Okay. Um, there were 
a couple of billions of Italians, a couple of billions of Irish, mm -hmm. three billions of blacks, one billion of jazz musicians, oh. and then a billion of Puerto Ricans, a billion of Cubans, oh my and goodness. a billion of Dominicans. And then there was a Catholic school at the end of one block and a hospital at the other end, a public school across the street from that, convent, and then a, a Methodist church. Oh, come on. Yeah, that, that was my block. That was my, and everything was cool until okay. we hit puberty. Uh-huh, yeah, things happened then. <laughs> you know, and like it was, you know. But uh, my father was a, uh, a vocalist and a musician. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of, uh, I was a song and dance kid on Broadway. I was running around Broadway, the Brill Building, in fact, 1619 Broadway. And that's where, um, you know, Carol King and all those folks were making their songs. Okay. And he published music. Mm. And that was a very um, uh, unique thing at that time because there were no black people doing that okay. say, in New York. Mm -hmm. uh, I've actually been writing some things down because I had some memories that came up recently and I mm -hmm. realized that my father was a real revolutionary Okay, because he married a white woman Mm -hmm. In 1951. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that was and, super you know, revolutionary. I, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about you know like I think about this like the Black Panthers, right, and thinking, you know, right, like, right, and, and you know with no disrespect to them, uh huh, but you know no one was caring if, if black people want to go and find their own country in Georgia, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but don't mess with their women, That's don't mess right, with white man. women. That's right. And my That's father right. married a white woman in 1952. Okay, um, and. I mean, obviously, I had no idea what was about any of this mm -hmm. as I was growing up, although I took a lot of stuff because I had, quote, unquote, good hair. Okay, okay. Uh, and my mother wasn't around very much after my sister and I were born. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it was just kind of growing up in that situation, I was in this very odd place because there were a lot of strange people coming over our house since my father was an artist. Oh, okay. And okay. they weren't the kind of people who would normally come into our neighborhood. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I had a, you know, a very different worldview than most of my peers mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. But, uh, and actually, to be honest with you, only two of us survived. Because in 1960, heroin came into mm -hmm. this neighborhood. And it was like, like a wildfire, and it took about half the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 10 years later, it took out the other half. Right, right, right. So uh, the only other guy who got out of our neighborhood was Tommy Franks. And Tommy, his mother said, you stay on this stoop. Mm -hmm. And we could be there all day. And the moment he set foot off that stoop, Tommy? <laughs> you know? I mean, like, this woman, you know, they had she must have had surveillance. I mean, yeah. it's like, you never saw, but he put one foot off that stoop, man. I, she had six cents, and she'd stick her head out that window, this, you know. Okay. And he became a teacher. Oh, my goodness. So, so both of you guys went to education. In both of us went to education, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, so what, do you, what do you think um, was the, your saving grace in terms of not getting involved with, with, with heroin in that, in that particular lifestyle? Um, well, my saving grace was people. Mm-hmm. And being kind of introduced to people or bumping into people at a time when I was able to hear what they said. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Mm -hmm. Because um, I pretty much, you know, I was always uh, enrolled in school, mm -hmm. but I was rarely there. 
Right, right. And, you were present. Okay. Um, you know, first couple of years I went to private school, mm-hmm. and then the school I went to uh, closed for lack of funds, mm-hmm. and I went to public school. And when I got into the third grade, they were doing stuff I had done in the first grade. Oh my goodness! And I was there was nothing to challenge me, so I was just sitting there, kind of, you know, in limbo, in pretty limbo. much. Yeah. And by the time I got to the fifth grade, um, I, I mean, I was the guy who was like, they had those tests and they would say like, stop, mm-hmm. don't go yeah, past yeah, this. Yeah. I would finish the whole test mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. time, the first period for the first, you know, 20 questions. Okay. I would finish it. And then I get in trouble for that. Why would you get in trouble? Because I didn't stop. <laughs> you disobeyed. I disobeyed. <laughs> and then the test would come back 12 plus. Right. And that, you know, and then they'd really be mad because <laughs> I like, you know, did the best. Right. right. So, um, so I kind of gravitated towards a more bohemian lifestyle very mm-hmm. young. Yeah. And, yeah. And um, had, you know, ran into uh, a lot of people who it was, you know, the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, so people were changing the way they, they looked at lifestyle the way they looked at uh, education, the way they looked at this country. Right, right. And I kind of fell in with, those, with that crowd, even as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but in the interim, I ran into people who kind of said to me, you know, what are you doing here? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, oh, you why, don't belong. Yeah, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And why aren't you in school? And, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, without any authority to say, you going here, you going there. And I um, got into high school in a very odd way. I had a girlfriend um, who was going to this high school, Quintana's, which was a very, very small uh, private school um, for actors, musicians, and models. Okay. And um, I used to go pick her up. Mm-hmm. And the dean of the school would uh, see me occasionally, you know, give me like a nod or something. Okay. Outside, okay. Having a cigarette, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day he said, uh, it was like, probably it was raining or something. He said, why don't you come inside and sit in the class? I know you're waiting for, you know, Karen to come out. And I said, no, 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 you know, I got things, people to go places. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're a busy, busy little man, man, right? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so uh, that happened a couple times. And uh, then one day he just said to me, you know, what are you doing with your life, man? And I looked at him like, who who do you think you are? Right, you know? exactly. But I, I, it just was such a shock that mm-hmm. someone would come at me that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? That somebody cared, though, right. really, that didn't really know you. Right. Yeah. And um, so I kind of acquiesced a little bit and went into the class. And um, it was an a economics class, mm-hmm. high school. And I had been reading. So the backstory of this is that so the group I fell in with were communists okay okay and anybody who knows anything about communists is that they have to know everything to support their argument so mm, mm-hmm. all we did was read that's a good thing absolutely talk. absolutely man you know regardless of what you good think about training. them and really just right. it was just about you know this is the cause of that which is the cause of this which is, you mm-hmm. know so they were talking about the civil war and i as the same today. I cannot keep my mouth shut. So <laughs> I raised my hand when the guy asked a question and I came out as like, you know, Marx's bag. And everyone was yeah. like, looking at me like my girl was looking at me. I'm going like, oh, I really done it now. You know? Yeah. 
So he said, I want to talk to you after in the class. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, I'm, no. So he said, uh, you know, why don't you come back to school, you know? And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, look, you, you're a black guy. You should, you know, you got to finish high school. You got to do other things. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, you know, I'm like, I've been to school already. Right, <laughs> right. I got enough, man. Got, I'm I, learning some new stuff right, that I need exactly, to know. Right, yeah, right. yeah. And he said, well, why don't you come here? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, first of all, it's a private school, mm-hmm. and I don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you know, I don't, you know, I don't even know how to, like, wouldn't even, wouldn't even know what to do. Okay. So he said, look, if I can work this out, why, will you come? And I said, sure, thinking to myself, yeah, all right, you're going to work this out mm-hmm, for me mm-hmm. right. And he did. And I paid for my tuition at that school by painting the school twice Ain't a year. Ain't that something, man. Painting at Christmas break and summer break. Mm-hmm. And I went then I did four years and two. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then went on to college. Wow. Amazing story, yeah. man. Amazing story. You know, a, a, a couple of things I heard. Your father was a revolutionary, and so the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> because, I mean, the things that you were doing were very, very revolutionary, especially back at that time. Yeah. You know, and, and very risky, I might add, yeah. you know, especially being a black person in the city of Chicago, which one of the I mean, in, in, in New York, which uh, like Chicago is a very, you know, territorial mm-hmm. place, you know. And and, and 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 the second thing is that it's, it's just I don't know if it's ironic or just the way the universe works is that a dean changed your life's direction and then you wind up being a dean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that, that's amazing. And, 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 and Dean of, of, of the Claire Trevor School of the Arts, which means arts, of course, uh, is, the, is, the, is the focus. Tell us a little bit about, about the school itself, the yeah. School of the Arts. Tell us a little bit about it. There are four departments in the school, drama, dance, music, and art. Mm-hmm. Um, about 850 undergraduates. 850? 850 Ooh, my undergraduates. Okay. 150 two or four graduates. Mm-hmm. We confer BA to PhD. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And um, the school is, it's really, it's an amazing place for a number of reasons. One, incredible faculty mm-hmm. in all the departments. Um, many, many of the faculty are very distinguished, very well known, incredibly high professional standards uh, and recognition. Okay. Uh, great facilities, and a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. So the UC system, to get in the UC system isn't easy. Nah, I heard. (laughs) So my belief is that any student who gets into UC Irvine, I think this year the the mean grade point average was like Mm. 4.09. Weighted. So theoretically, you can do whatever you, you could do whatever you wanted to do getting in to this school. I'm sure. So the people, the students that we have are very motivated, very bright. Mm-hmm. And that creates just an incredible atmosphere. Okay. Uh, a, a creative atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, four or five people on Broadway on either side of the curtain at any given time during the year. Our, uh, you know, students are representing the United States in international biennales, the artists, the musicians are playing in, you know, different kinds of bands and orchestras and 
Uh, in fact, one of our voice students is going to be have his uh, debut uh, with the L.A. Opera. Oh, he, as okay. A with the L.A. Opera as LA a opera. student? Yes, as a student. Yeah, yeah. Um, our dancers dance in, in companies. In fact, and many of our graduate dancers have had professional careers, and they're mm, coming back and to they do oh, my something goodness. else. Yeah. Uh, and the drama, let's see, so music, dance, drama. So, I mean, that's the level of, of activity here. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's in a research one institution, and people don't really look at the arts as a, as a ubiquitous activity. They always mm -hmm. think about singing and dancing. Yeah, I know. Right. But we also work with the medical school, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, engineering school, social mm -hmm. college, and mm -hmm. the law school. Mm -hmm. Because uh, our students, many of whom do go into the arts, but the majority of them go on to do other things, and they become doctors and lawyers. I got you. And um, teachers, they open businesses, they serve our country. And in fact, last year's uh, commencement speaker was a young lady who was a double major in piano performance and international affairs. Okay. And she'd been out of school about 10 years, and her job last year was director of aviation security for the White oh House. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, coming out of the Claire Trevor School. Coming out of the Claire Trevor School, yes. Yeah, so. so amazing, we, amazing. I mean, we did the whole thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the arts are, I love the word ubiquitous because everything we do has some component of creativity in it. Uh, uh, yeah, and that's so important. Creativity is so important. people don't understand that they don't realize that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, uh, when, we, when we hear the word communism, when we hear the word socialism, we, you know, go to Russia, we go to Korea, we go to China because we really don't understand the, the context of, of, of what that means. And basically it's saying that the, the, the people have the power, which is what democracy says, you know, but a lot of times it doesn't work out like that because capitalism is, is kind of take, takes things over. But because you were involved in that at such a young age, I know some of the things that you read, some of the things that you heard are still with you, still in your heart. And it's something that I've noticed, especially about your particular uh, uh, department, Dean of, uh, of the Claire Trevor School of the Arts, a lot of collaboration. A lot of inclusiveness. Yeah. You know, all, all people are, have, have power or have a, a, a say-so in things. Is that, is that purposed or does that just happen like that for, for the Claire School, Trevor School of the Arts? Well, it's really my vision. Okay. And it's not that I'm a communist. Okay, <laughs> right. Get that straight. Well, let me put it this way. I don't care. Uh -huh. You know, um, you can believe whatever you want to believe. Right. As long as you treat me right. Okay. Okay. And I think that's that is a huge issue nationally. Mm -hmm. Is that people just don't treat everybody right. Exactly. You know, because at the end of the day we all want the same things. Yep. We all want to be able to ascend to the highest level we can. We want to have our family protected. We want to, you know, be able to do the things that we can do. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh and that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants the same thing. Right. Right. You know. So but I began my professional career in community development in the South Bronx in the 70s. And as I was saying <laughs> earlier, you know, when I went to college, we had this group called the Uhuru Players, <laughs> okay. 21-piece band. Uh -huh. I went to Hamilton College. They were like, it was a men's school with a women's college across the street. So there, my uh, school was, um, we had 670 men in the entire college. Okay. So with the women, it was about 800. And 
there were probably 30 African-American Latino students there at the time. We lived in the Bobby Seal house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Where else? <laughs> right. So we had this band, 21 Pieces, because everybody played something. Mm -hmm. And we used to go around and play for, like, the senior citizens' homes, the mm. juvenile detention centers. We played for the uh, Air Force at Rome Air Force Base, played in prisons. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, because of kind of the lifestyle I had, I was always involved in some kind of action activity. Okay. Whether it was trying to feed people, was trying to clean up the mm -hmm. neighborhood. And I just, that just is how I see things. I, okay. I, I see that when people get together, they can do things. Mm -hmm. Now, for many years, my personal artwork was about bringing different kinds of people together. Okay. Who wouldn't normally come together. Right. And, and, and I also made objects but, and music, but my real work was about that. Mm -hmm. And what I learned by doing that is that when you get different kinds of people in the same place doing the same thing or focus on one thing, their attitudes and ideas change about themselves and the way they look at other people. Okay. Okay. Right? Okay. So up in the South Bronx, when I was up there, it was like, it looked like Dresden in the Second World War. I mean, it was bombed out. You've seen those movies, Fort Apache, you know, that's, that stuff was for real. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was, you know, we were on, we were kind of in a little business district with this, this space I opened with a friend, uh, but it, it was very serious and uh, almost lawless in, in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, prostitution, drugs, uh, crime, uh, you know, arson. I think kind of like what Detroit might be like because there's nobody there, people burning down buildings, mm -hmm, and, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, and that was, and there were families living there also. Um, and uh, I just saw a, an opportunity and a need to use art in a way to bring different kinds of people together okay. and make them see the world differently. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so that's been my, what I've done for my entire professional career. Okay, bringing people. Yeah, in different kinds of mm -hmm, uh, arenas. Mm -hmm, and here mm -hmm. I'm doing essentially the same thing, mm -hmm. but not at a university uh, versus in a storefront uh, Exactly, gallery. exactly. So you've basically expanded what you've always done. Yeah. Yeah, in another, in another arena. Um, something, I, I just saw uh, someone out there, and it's funny that I, last week I, I told the people that the next show was gonna be preempted by uh, a baseball game. And I just, well, or a game, some kind of game. I don't know if it's baseball or not, but I was just informed that we're going to be preempted as well. But we got about 20 more minutes. Oh, basketball. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> we got about 20 more minutes. So, but we're going to use this business. Yeah, because this is, uh, it's, it, 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 it's so much. Um, my, my, my master's degree is in community development. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I, I, I'm really feeling you, and, and it's, it's amazing that our, our lives um, were, were parallel in a sense, but I went that route of the heroin, <laughs> you know? And, 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 it, and it wasn't until after, by the grace of God, that I was able to come through that, yeah. that I began to, to, to think about doing things on the, on the, on the, as far as what you, you've been doing most of your life, if not all of your life, yeah. you know? And so uh, I, I feel that, 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 that kindred spirit in you and 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 it's amazing how we look at people and we talk to people but i think more importantly we feel people you know and and and, and that's an important aspect of 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 not only 
this show, but the way I live my life. And this show is just an opportunity for me to bring these kindred spirits here. And ironically, every time someone comes to this, to this show, we hear uh, about what they're doing to make things different in our universe and, and positive things, you know, and, and, and what you're doing. I'm, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm happy you're here, man, and <laughs> happy to hear what you're doing. Uh, I've talked to some, some, some other artists and, uh, and, and a, a DJ in particular here at the station, and he was talking along the same lines in terms of using music to reach people. And I think the arts are going to be the, 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 uh, the vehicle for, for doing, for making change in what's happening in our world today. You are not only uh, the dean of students, but you're also a visual artist. And you touched on that a minute about how you use art to, to change people. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in visual arts. What happened to you that, that make you, because your father's a musician. Yeah. So, so what happened? <clears throat> so my father and I performed together for about 14 years. Oh my goodness, okay. In different bands with mm -hmm. Lewis and Lewis, <laughs> Lewis Eastman and Lewis, <laughs> okay. you know what I mean? We did traditional American music, uh -huh. blues, Phil Hollis, two voices and guitar, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And usually the music that I wrote at that time was based around performance. But I didn't go into the music business because my experience in the music business as a child was that I knew you could get your legs broken in the music business. <laughs> okay. You tell know? us a little bit. So for, <laughs> for, for those who are listening and you are know, pretty young and thinking about it, tell us what, well, what the... You know, what the Suge Knight. Let's, let's yeah, get down okay, with it. Okay, you know? all right. Now, they popped, you know, Biggie and... Yeah, yeah. That, that was an unusual back in the day. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, like I said, my father published music in the Bill mm -hmm. Building, and that was like the center of the music universe. And it was a, you know, very rough and tumble... Uh, business okay and you know a lot of mafioso mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. payola payola is when they you know they would give djs money to play right. songs and uh -huh. then the federal government indicted people and put people in prison mm -hmm. and, you know and, and uh they would use you know drugs to keep artists in line yeah and, yeah you know they the supremes i think they would be paying like you know 20 bucks a week and they're charging for their costumes and you know oh, feeding them. I mean, it was just you know <laughs> I saw all that and I said, mm -mm, not me. <laughs> not you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but I was, but also at that time when I went to school, it was a time when if you got into college, it was uh, an expectation that you became a professional person. Right, right, right. I mean, that, exactly. So That's any, why you go. Any yeah. black person got into mm -hmm. college, they were going to be right. a lawyer or a That's doctor. That's right. That's and right. And then return to their community mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and help straighten and things help straighten out. That's right. <laughs> so we see how far that went. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, so I, you know, I was in college and I was pre-med when I went to college, mm -hmm. but I didn't have any of the background. Okay. You know, okay. I had more uh, kind of humanities background mm -hmm. and I struggled through it and I, you know, was making headway till I got to organic chemistry hmm. and, you know, that was the end of my medical career. <laughs> I'd like to say I ran to organic chemistry twice. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I wanted to learn the, the history of the world, mm -hmm. but I didn't like history, so I wanted to look at the world through its material culture. Okay. And I studied art history. And that kind of led me into, you know, making things. I'd always, you know, made things. I'd always been involved in, you know, like I said, with song and dance, Kid on Broadway, I was involved with kind of theater and Young Lords Guerrilla Theater and... I was always kind of, you know, doing stuff like making something in my place or 
Um, and that just kind of, you know, led me into a whole other uh, dimension of, mm -hmm. of working. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's how I got into the visual arts. Okay, okay. And then I got out of school and I worked as a visual artist, which meant I was like a busboy and a, you know, cocktail yeah, waiter. Yeah, of and, course. You know, kind of lugging no-hub pipe in New York City up <laughs> five flights of stairs and 40 pounds, 60 pounds of pipe. My you uh, but uh, so I started to, you know, I did that for about 11 years and I went back to graduate school to get my MFA in visual art. Mm, mm. Um, and, in the, and in that time, I opened a, a, a very successful uh, artist space. I published magazines. Mm -hmm. I printed artist books. Mm -hmm. um, I did, you know, a lot of that kind of art workers stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, this is this is an amazing story. Um, we were we were talking a little earlier about about privilege and uh, the things that are happening today. I think um, reflect how much people, especially our, our young people, don't understand uh, the word hard, and definitely don't understand work. <laughs> you know, and 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 what you what you describe today in terms of your life, it's always been one of hard work, and evidently hard work pays off. If you, if you had anything to say about your life in terms of what you've been through and, 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 and where you are now, what would you advise young kids that are going through some little, some little bitty changes that they can't handle? What, 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 what do you think is, is, is the key to being able to, you know, to, to, to put your, you know, put your, just put your, 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 your soul in it because there's a, a larger goal, there's a, you know, a, a, a certain commitment that you need to have in order to be successful, in order to contribute your gifts to other people. Because everybody's born with a gift, you know. But a lot of times uh, I think that we don't even realize that we have a gift, and even if we do realize we want to do the work that's necessary to, to make that gift work for other people as well. So what would you, what would you, what would you advise? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a difficult question yeah. to answer because um, it is all about hard work and... Um, it's about kind of keeping your eye on the prize. Mm -hmm. It's also about, you know, taking chances. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, failure is not necessarily the end of anything. Mm -hmm. You know, everything changes. Okay. Um, and a lot, of, like, there was no real route for me to come to where I am today. I just kind of did the next thing for a long time. Okay. And uh, one thing led to another. And, I mean, how I got into the the kind of uh, exhibition curatorial thing was that I, someone asked me to help them with this show they were doing in a laundromat. <laughs> in a laundromat? In a laundromat. Okay. Yeah, I'm serious. And I did it, and then someone asked, someone said, well, how, how'd you do that? And she said, well, I asked Joe to, and that person asked me to do something that was a little bigger. And a year and a half later, I had a, a spot, you know. Wow. In my own spot. So mm -hmm. um, you really have to kind of look at, everything but you have to be focused okay and you have to you know do the stuff right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know you can't go from a to q to z right to right a, B, C, right e, right right and um and you also have to you know make friends and and get involved uh, you know get involved with your community mm -hmm. and you you know you only get out of life what you put into it right exactly exactly um and i found that when i I get more out of life than I put into it, but I put a lot into it. <laughs> okay, you know, okay. I get more so the benefits, yeah, the benefits are, are, are definitely increased. Yeah, 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 yeah. and that's very important. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to change. Yeah, 
I mean, it's okay, like, to go down a route and find out, well, right, maybe right. this is what I want to do. Well, do something else. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, and you've demonstrated with just the little part we heard about your life. Yeah. yeah. No. That, that change is okay. Um, you, you know, um, and, and, and something that I always heard when I was coming up, you know, you got, always got to have more than one iron in the fire. You got about 45 irons in the fire. And something that I'm going to share, I'm going to share with the with the listening audience that uh, I really, really appreciate uh, in terms of the work that you've done thus far. And uh, we're going to get an opportunity for you and I to kind of talk about it for a minute. So I'm going to share this piece. You guys listen to this piece and 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 just think about it. What you going by a Maserati fall? like that fall Believe it or not, y'all, that's Joe. <laughs> that's Joe. And the, and the name of that, that, that tune is Frankie and Johnny Got Busted. And it's taken from his TV, Three Black Bungalows. Um, and as I said... Um, Which is available at the at, bookstore. There you go. Right here in you see, I Irvine. <laughs> it's readily available. And online, cbbaby.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, it's a it's a it's a wonderful piece, 
Well, the whole the whole thing is wonderful, but I really took a liking to that because the, the two names, Frankie and Johnny, I remember Frankie and Johnny were sweethearts. That's an old cut. You guys might not remember that, but I remember that cut. And so I said, let me check this out. And this is this is something, you know, Joe, what 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 happened for me in listening to that? And I just kept listening to it, you know, and 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 and, and I heard you in there. And so I want you to tell me what I heard. <laughs> About, about Joe Lewis in this song right here. Well, <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's kind of a critique on fast money. Okay, okay. And, uh, you know, so Frank is telling Johnny, you don't know how to use a clutch, but you're going to buy a Maserati. Maserati, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so how could he buy a Maserati? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, uh, I don't know. It, I just thought it was... Um, you know, it's talking about like fast money and then the relationship of, you know, uh, African Americans who have money mm -hmm. and the law. Okay. So they got stopped mm -hmm. only because they had the Maserati. Right, and we're black. And we're black. <laughs> and they got to the courthouse, they had four black eyes. So each one of them had two black eyes. Right. So they got beat up on top of it because you right. know, Frankie said something. Yeah, you know, Frankie said something. Right. And, so. and you know, and then the judge like it was like you know, you know, coming to my court, I was making all this mess, <laughs> and probably kind of scolding the officer like should have kept him in the you know in the tank longer. Uh -huh, Didn't uh -huh. look so beat up. Right, exactly. And then uh, Johnny was so mad he couldn't drive when he got out there. You know, <laughs> so you know, um, but uh, you know, all the songs on on that uh, project are a critique of mm -hmm. uh, lots of different kinds of relationships. Okay. So, so a lot of it, uh, if not all of it, is, is, is kind of like a social commentary on what's, what, what's yeah, going on in our, in, our, in our world today and uh, uh, is being expressed through song. But also social commentary, but also personal, because there are some okay. kind of love song mm -hmm. ballads. Mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. but, they're, but they're talking about things that you know, guys don't normally talk about. Okay. Wow. That's you know, important. That's very important. I, that's been my experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so in, 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 in looking at it as a reflection of your own personal life, um, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm hearing basically is that uh, having experienced all these things <laughs> that's in your music, you know, to be able to, to express that uh, is, is, is a wonderful thing. But something that I think is, is just as important is the music and, and, and the instrumentation and, and the things that you're doing, because I'm trying to figure out now, what is this? What genre is this? Because I'm hearing so many things in this, in this album, man. What, how, do you, how do you describe your music? What, what? I describe my music the way I describe my art making. Okay. And I say that I'm a non-media specific artist. There you go, there you go. So there are lots of influences in the music. Mm-hmm. There's jazz, there's samba, there's classical, there's flamingo, but it's blues-based. There's traditional American music, folk music. There's kind of country mm -hmm. in it. And uh, it's just a mixture of all those, a compilation of all those okay. attitudes and, and perspectives mm -hmm. mixed up into one. Okay, okay. Yeah. Look at it kind of like, like a... Uh, like one of those uh, drinks you make in the morning, you throw a banana. Yeah, in, yeah, 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 cherries yeah, in, yeah, 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 sunflower seeds, uh -huh, you know, uh -huh, little yogurt. Uh -huh. you yeah, know. yeah. Uh, that's kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. And and that for me, that that is you. 
<laughs> Seriously, that's you. I mean, because, you know, just a, just a little bit we've heard thus far, and I, I really would like for you to come back so we can hear some more, because this is so amazing to me. The position that you're in right now does not uh, really... Um, I mean, it reflects your life, but not people would never know the, the things that you've gone through in your life. You know, just by the way you carry yourself, the way you interact with others, the things that you're doing, because you, you're a miracle, man, pretty much. You know what I mean? And, and, and I can say that because I am, too, because I survived that same thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But to, 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 to be two out of I don't know how many that came out to your block that's still here and doing what you're doing is just, a, is just an incredible, incredible thing. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's, you know, some people say like that as a miracle. I think I'm here for a reason. Oh, for sure. I don't sure. know what the reason okay, is. Okay, okay. But I'm here for something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the one great thing about having this position, though, is that it really has allowed me to use all of the, my experiences in one place. Okay, you know, this okay. This is my third deanship. And mm -hmm. I was at the Fashion Institute of Technology, mm. and that was, you know, that was kind of like one piece of what I did was just strictly administrative. Okay. And I was at Alfred University, which is an art school, like a like an old time traditional art school, mm -hmm. where they really make things. Okay. And everybody's dirty. You okay. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That kind of down home art school, mm -hmm. and that was one kind of piece of my experience. But here, I, I have, you know, all the departments and I have professional experience in three of the four departments. Okay. Okay. Um, and you know, and the fourth department I have some experience in. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I'm really, I have an, I, I have the ability to see in the, the larger picture. Okay. How okay. all those things work together. Okay. Um, and they do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's been, it's been great, man, but I, I we, we got to get out of here. It's been NIT. great talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, uh, I just want to say that you say that you you know you don't know what you're here for, what you have to do. You already doing it, man. You're doing it each and every day. And I and 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 I'm excited about our future. Yeah. You know, and I can't wait to see what we're gonna do. Yeah. Joe, thanks so much for being here, oh, and and hope you. to see you again next time on uh maybe on the TV show. Anytime. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys. We're uh, being preempted for a basketball game here at UCI. And uh, you guys tune in next week, and uh, we'll see you then.